This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. How's the heat? <laughs> About as well as you would expect being um, based in Southern California, yeah. which is basically say it's terrible, but, you know, it's like I'll just manage it by just, you know, not going outside, which is, you know, kind of how i usually manage things all right well hey we can't do too much about the heat except turn the air conditioner on if you have good luck and then uh so what do you have to talk about tonight okay well it's not going to be um east of west because well that series is still like on a back order like and well it's like hopefully i'll be able to do it next time but um this time though it's like it's a series that you know I wasn't expecting to talk about, but hey, you know, it's like it fits the bill because it's a series that whose last volume I got my la- most recent order of comics. It's like I'm like, um, writing about like for like since it came out, it's called um, Ether by Matt Kint and David Rubin. Now, longtime readers and listeners may recall that oh, I've talked about um, stuff that Kint has done before, specifically uh, Mind Management and um, Department H. Now, those are two series that, um, it's like that, you know, kind of more impressed me for their, like, um, formalist um, aspirations, especially the way they used the comics format more than the uh, stories they told. And also for the fact that, you know, in the case of my management in particular, how their first volumes, like, didn't quite wow me, though second, their subsequent volumes actually, um, like, made a more favorable impression, like, it's like on, it's like on me, like, as, like from that point, but um, Ether, Ether was um, the first Kint series that I've read where the first volume actually did, actually won me over. It's like because this is you now um, this is a series that um, Kint has basically said uh, had was um, basically designed to address his issues with the fantasy genre, and because he's friend says he's kind of much more like rational rational thinker, the kind of guy who like wants there to be a reason for everything. And so like, you know, the fantasy genre where like, you know, the explanation is like, Hey, magic. Well, it's like, he, he wasn't big on that. So basically he came up with the idea for, for ether. Basically it's about a scientist um, named Boone Diaz who, um, who comes from our world to investigate the magical world, of the ether, which is basically the collective magical unconscious of, it's like of humankind. And, and, Diaz is like his, like he basically like, you know, investigates this world, just trying to figure out how it works. And not just to, um, not in the sense that he's trying to disprove the uh, existence of, like of fantasy, but he just wants to find out, you know, how everything, everything works. What are the rules behind fantasy? And it's actually like a pretty interesting, um, it's like way to, um, way to approach the series the series and that's kind of like how, how it got me involved invested in it's like in this first volume called the death of the last golden blaze the golden blaze is the uh is the protector of like of the ether and um she like her most recent incarnation has just been murdered by um un- unknown parties boone it's like along with um his um disgruntled um partner slash um guardian of the gateway between earth and the ether um, Glum, it's like, is, uh, it's like, uh, are, are trying to figure out just, you know, who, it's like, who could have, um, like, who could have done this? It's like, and their, it's like, and their explorations to take them all, like, all around the ether and also back to, um, it's like, back to, um, Boone's, um, 
it's like on place in it's like in the real world because even though like he's a, a well-respected um like like a uh, man of deductive logic and reasoning it's like in the ether in the real world well he's almost he's a homeless bum living in living in venice because where at one time um like like our world was like looking to like investigate this um they've since withdrawn the resources and um boone is still like you know determined like plumb like you know like the like plumb the depths of the ether and what it has to offer on his solely on his own terms and this has also been led to like a a um, estrangement from his family like from his um from his wife who visited the ether as a child and um, realized that after like you know time passes much faster in the ether than it does like in the real world and uh, after this caused you know caused some caused some consternation when she disappeared there as a child and then um when Boone like found out found out about this and tried to ex- and wanted to explore it himself well you know it's like he found something that he that he was much more invested in than you know than being a uh, proper family man even when his wife even after after he married his wife after she became pregnant with their with their two children and as the first volume shows that um you know that he's he, he's given himself fully over to exploring this at the expense of everything else in his in his personal life now this is i think that um kent did a good job of selling this selling a lot of this stuff in the first volume just setting up um boone's like um arrogant sanctimonious but smart um like protagonist and also just like showcasing like you know what what it has cost him along the way um volume two didn't quite manage the same like the same level of impressiveness in the sense that well i, I want to know just like you know what else had like how how this co- cost him with his what was his relationship with his daughters like in this like as a result of this and volume two only makes a uh, token nod towards this like it beginning and, and at the end and oh when the whole um plot of this it's like of volume two is all about just figuring out oh well these um portals open up between the uh like between like ether and uh, our world and which and they need to be shut down well it starts off well enough in the sense that like like glum it's like um boone and violet um violet bell she's the uh, fairy um a boone's fairy um contact like in the ether and she's she and Boone have kind of a uh, love hate relationship going in the sense that she find she does find him attractive, but she also realizes that he's that that his arrogance, his single mindedness in um in in approaching things, the sense that you know logic, it's like you know logic and a willingness to talk things out will solve everything, but um no it doesn't, and we find out exactly why how that went wrong over the course of vol- volume two, but it starts out with um all of them teaming up to rescue um grant it's like um grandor it's like a um it's like a like a bull like human who it's like who's been imprisoned who's been in, been imprisoned in a magical prison it's like and they've got to get get him out that part's fun but and so are the like, ways in which they uh deal with like the closing like of each uh each portal but you know it's just kind of like the plot feels like it's just like oh it's just all about the closing of these portals there's no like like greater significance beyond just like that oh these these are meant to be like 
be um, um, detrimental to like the health of the ether and Earth. How so? Well, we're not exactly told. It's just kind of a uh, like a MacGuffin device, saying that you know this this is all this is like this is the thing that needs to be done. So everyone needs to go and do it. And oh, what turns out that there's all the distraction to allow the nefarious um, Lord Ubel, like the uh, like the manager of the library within Etham, the, the repository of all all accumulated knowledge, to um to usurp um the role of um Golden Blaze. So, like at the end of Volume Two, um, Ubel is well, he's a villain. Yeah, it's like I mean, evil McShifty Pants be a good um, way to describe him, like based based on his appearance and the fact that he is that as most everyone else whose um, dialogue is just like black text on a white background, his dialogue is white text on a black background. So you know that he's the bad guy, really. So. That's kind of where where things are, um, where things sit at the end of um, Volume Two with um, with Ubel Ascendant and um, Boone and his um, friends, you know, like on on the back nine, and um, but also, um, well, Kent also kind of like writes off like um, Boone's connection to the uh, real world, like at the end of at the end of Volume Two, and um, so Volume Three, you know, starts off with him, you know, like going. Going full full repentant monk um, by shaving off his head, well, which we're told is like because of like its magical lice. But you know, it's like really, it's like the only the only reason you shave your head in it's like it's like it's like in a story is because is to show your repentance. But but it's not too long before he's offered a chance to like you know make up for like his his past errors after um, Violet's um, father visits him to let him know that like his daughter has been. Has been kidnapped by parties unknown, and so Boone has to like um, reenlist um, Glum's help to, to like to find out just what has happened. What has happened to their former friend? And the ensuing quest leads them to like the seven lucky gods of the ether. It's like a uh, it's like a master assassin trained by the cannibal cannibal club of the like of the world, like in, who's been who's been housed in a uh, sarcophagus. Like I'm like armor, let's say um, and then like to have to sail through the sea, seas of living, like living blood, like all sorts of like you know crazy, crazy magical stuff, but also and also it's going to lead Dom um, Boone to realize that hey you know it's like, maybe it's not all about me sacrificing every everything for my, for, like for my um betterment, but it's all about sacrificing everything I know for the greater good. It's like it's so it's fine. I mean, I don't think that um. Kint has um, really delivered a story that's like really impressive in terms of like sheer plotting. It's more or less the uh, it's like the execution, the uh, the trappings or the world building that's made it that's been work. And um, while uh, my management and Tart and H were um, notable for their like you know use of like the whole hog in terms of like using all parts of the comic in order to like um, like deliver some like impressive visual visuals and whatnot well ether has has a much better weapon than either of them does it's got um david rubin Rubin is one of the best artists um working today in the sense that he's a guy who just can make anything look it's like look impressive like like look impressive look like wild like really imaginative i mean I, he first came to my attention like 
illustrating um, um, Paul Pope's um, Rise of a War Arrest graphic, graphic novels. But um, his work on uh, on Ether, where he's gi- given the uh, job to like, imagine like a uh, a completely a magical, irrational world, is truly fantastic. I mean, much as I like his work, like his contributions on Black Black Hammer or the back half of of uh, it's like of uh, uh, or of Rumble, um, Ether. It's like it's probably the series where he's where he's most. Um, able to stretch his strengths, just just the way that he can, like like he's been given to draw like a mag- magical prison. It's like a like a, like a, a wild like um like fairy forest, or even like like a uh, like a labyrinth with the uh, the scarab the scarab warrior at its at its center. The uh, visuals and and ether like even if um like even if like, you're not like a one for like Kint's writing. I think that um, Rubin does an excellent job of selling everything that um, that Kent that Kent is trying to get across here. I mean, there's a point in Volume One where um, we see um, we see like um, Boone like you know leaving his family over and over again, and it's done over the course of like what, just one page, and uh, and it's just like a really well done like well done ongoing thing that shows him that that not just shows shows you like how he's feeling the present but also just how he got to it's like um got to that point as well and it's like it's just a really it's like really well well sketched um like um laid laid out scene that is that that nails that it's a, it's a that that presses on a visual and emotional level it's like it's like um so yeah it's like just looking at like everything that Rubin has to offer here it's really impressive. He's the guy who can, like, even if Kent doesn't quite get across, like, the emotional stuff in his writing alone, Rubin is there to just try and sell it, like, on, on the strength of, his, strength of his art. And that, I think, is really impressive. And in fact, like I said, so, really, it's like, I think that um, if, you're a fan of, if you're a fan of great art, then yeah, you owe it to yourself to pick up, pick up um, these three volumes of Ether and just um, gaze in awe at what at what Rubin does here. If you're a fan of Kint, well, speaking as someone who has read through um, my management and Department H, I, uh, I honestly think that Ether may may be the most um, accessible of of those series, um, not just because of like it's only three volumes, but also just because I think the uh, that um, like Rubin's art makes it like a lot more appealing prospect to. Uh, like to dive into to makes it more accessible than um than Kent's work because while I think Kent's art impresses on a formal level, like he's not he's never really been quite able to connect on an emotional level like with his with his characters in his art, but um Ether, I think is like I think that it's that it even if it's got some problems if it's not if, even if it's not extraordinary or like thoroughly like um. Like invented in its overall plotting, its world building, and the idea, and, it, and the idea of like a uh, scientist investigating the uh, the uh, irrationality of magic and trying to make it um, logical, I think that um, he makes that that he makes it work over the course of these three volumes. But this is, in the end, this is a series where the um, art outstrips the writing. But in the end, like the writing wasn't you know wasn't bad. I mean, maybe it's like it's like 
sure, there's some, there's some, it has its faults. And I think that maybe, um, um, there are some that can me, we wanted like to, uh, the chance to do another volume here just to give the series, series, um, some more room to room to breathe, breathe at the end. But overall, it's like, I do recommend ether. And, um, if you can't, um, pick up like all four, all three volumes, like all at once, like there, let's see. They are, let's see. Ah, well, this is interesting. Volume um, volume one is fifteen dollars. Volumes two and three are twenty bucks each. Um, were I a betting man, I would think that um, Dark Horse may be prepping some kind of three-in-one omnibus down the road. But you know, it's like if you don't want to wait for that, then you know, I wouldn't. I'd say that you know, picking them all up right now, like, wouldn't be uh, like wouldn't be like the um, the worst use of of your funds. It's, it's a good series. Like not the best, but definitely fun, very good looking, and it has definitely has its um magic moments in the uh in the course of its um building its um weird magical world. So there you go. Um John, like uh any thoughts on your end about all this? Oh, so um how long has this been publication? Uh it's it's a series of three mini series. So basically it's been it was ongoing for like say Three years. I think they. That's how. That's how often they were putting out the uh, like each each new mini series. All right. Well, that sounds cool. Um, so, do you know what you're going to talk about next time? Okay. Hopefully, um, next time um, my copy of the final volume of East of West will will have arrived, and um, I'll be talking about that. If not, well, it's like I've got other ideas, but we'll see how those go. Hey, there's always other ideas, so hey, we'll check in next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. Laters.